Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with our summer 2021 update and Hathaway's Flash first thoughts. We're not going super in-depth into the, the show. We will do that later on in a future episode when it comes up in our timeline. Uh, which we're increasingly getting close to. Um, when you listen to this episode, we will have one episode left of Zeta. Uh, we, Does that we mean we're here. like 40 years away? We got like like 30 or 40 years to go. <laughs> so Zeta took us about a year. So double Zeta will probably take us a little bit less, I think. Um, and then we have double Jar's Counterattack, which will not take us a year. Uh, and then... Say about it. Yeah, I, I guess we have to discuss down the line. Like, are we going to do Char's counterattack and and then Hathaway's flash, and or Char's counterattack, and then chronologically we'll be talking about Unicorn and. I think I think we need to talk about uh, Char's counterattack before anything else, and then it probably makes sense at that point to go Unicorn NT. If we're yeah. going to talk about NT again, we already talked about NT. And then Hathaway is like just might as well at that point. Yeah, you know, we have to talk about Char's to talk about any of that other stuff. So. Oh, I forgot to introduce people. So we have Scotty. You know, I wish your last name was also AIM so that I could do like those Federation soldiers and say it really quickly so that it sounds like your name is really lame. <laughs> and Luke. I love it. I, uh, I don't have a good Gundam name. I'm, I'm so not used to Luke having no beard. It's... It throws me off. And Scotty just noticed it. He's like freaking out. No, no, no. I, I have seen him without a beard before at some point. I, I think. No, I don't think you have. I haven't? Oh. No. Did you shave for his wedding? No, I was the first. I had a long beard at uh, Lane's wedding. Yeah. I had a real long beard at Lane's wedding. Well, I guess so. I mean, it didn't bother me. People can do it with their facial hair. First time I cut my beard in like 10 years. So. Yeah, I think when I first met Luke, he had... Like very short stubble, very short stubble. So it was basically shaved. And but he didn't. He didn't shaved? have the long hair at the time. So so like now he's got the long hair and no beard. And so it's just like when I saw him. He, when I saw him for the first time with that, it like threw me off. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, let's let's start with Hathaway's Flash. So um, very shortly, um, uh, sept- uh, July eleventh, I believe. It will be out on Netflix, and it will have a sub and a dub. I think it's like a week, man. Ain't it July 1st? Is it July 1st? I thought it was a little bit it's, later. It's, it's it's way before that. Oh. July sometime. By the, you will listen to this episode, and then Hathaway's Flash will come out on Netflix. Oh, I didn't even... I'm stupid. I didn't even think to look at my um, Netflix Media Center login to see if it's on there. Technically, so Netflix is July 1st, and then uh, technically it released internationally June 11th. Technically. Yeah. yeah. June 11th or July 11th? It, it, the oh, reason the, the, I'm able to watch it already is because it released internationally on June 11th. It, it did not release internationally. <laughs> it released in some nations. Japan. <laughs> no, in Japan and then the Chinese, like the Shanghai International Film Oh, uh, but I don't count China. China's not a real country. It's out there. Right, well, I have to reset my Netflix press password, so I'm not going to check on that right now. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, so either way, with, so we have seen the subbed version. Uh, we have not listened to the dubbed version. I have seen the trailer for the dubbed version, um, and I have mixed feelings on the trailer of the dubbed version. Um, yeah, I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist. It just depends if they rushed it or not, and did they cast the same cast that is in 80% of every dubbed anime? And if the answer to either of those things is yes, then it's probably going to be nah. I was less in, than impressed with the trailer. Um, but we still have the subtitled movie. So, I don't know. Let's let's start there. Um, I did really we, like the movie. Did we watch, before we get into that, did we watch NT subbed or did we watch it dubbed? I don't remember. It was we watched, dubbed in the theaters here. Didn't we go? No, they had two. They had, they showed yeah, both. Yeah, I think I think Luke and I went to it subbed. Okay. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did not. I think I'd, I'd have to go back and look at my actual receipt, but I think we watched I, it subbed. I feel pretty sure we did. Anyway, my point with that being, I transitioned when I hit unicorn over to uh, subs for UC, and it's just I, I've never gone back. Yeah, I've I know for the show I've tried to like bounce back and forth a little bit um in zeta i did a little bit of both uh i know i watched some of the original uh the some of the original movies with the british bright uh but also the, the subtitled versions right for me british uh bright became british over the span of a year and uh it it really bothered me so i was like yeah i need to get away from this <laughs> <laughs> he, he went he went from not british to british to not british again <laughs> in like two years <laughs> british yeah. bright is canonical bright <laughs> it's it is my preferred dubbed bright but the uh the unicorn and nt dubs were were pretty good uh, i think the unicorn one was very good and yeah it it's only the stuff like the dubs for especially build fighters and build fighters try are dumpster fires. They are bad, bad, bad. And if they do a rush job like that on anything, yeah. Yeah. So I will, uh, so just an upfront, I really liked Hathaway's flash movie one. I thought it was, if I had to rank it out of everything I've seen from UC, it's, probably and the top three for me i mean i don't have like a rating or ranking or anything it's just in for me if i was a teacher this would be mark assignment incomplete oh it's, it, yeah i have i don't know where this is going or if it matters i don't that's fair it's a, is it a two-parter or is it more than two it's three parts three, three parts so, okay so reading some of the commentary online from like the Xeonic scanlations and everything like that, um, the movie more or less follows the actual first book or first volume of Hathaway's Flash, which has been translated in an, in its entirety into English. So um, if you want to go read it, it's out there and you can do that. Um yeah, I it's... did not read the book before I went into this, so I went in like super blind. Yeah, uh, same. I I'm with Scotty. I don't know where it's going, but I will say it's kind of like it was kind of like watching Thunderbolt the first time for me. Um, beautiful, absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, 
the story does not feel finished at all. And I'm super curious as to where it's going to go. And um, yeah, no, I mean, it was up there with Thunderbolt for me, um, which is one of my favorite sure. pieces of the Universal Century. However, I love Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt knowing that it's problematic. <laughs> well, I think when you compare it to Thunderbolt, it's hard because Thunderbolt is very focused on the battles, the the fights, uh, the tension. And Hathaway's Flash is so much. A sl it feels like a slow burn. I mean, there's really only two fights in the entire movie. And you don't get to actually see the, the, the primary Gundams that well. Like, but the main fight scene where you see them, you get... It's dark outlines of these guys. Like, there's a few, like, side views you get of them, but you never get, like, the Gundam in the hangar in all of its glory. I had to cut the lights out in the room, and even then it was a little bit washed out. Now, it, when it comes out through an official stream, the, the black levels might be better. Mm -hmm. So I think that will possibly help. But I really wanted to touch on that first battle you mentioned, because I if I have to say one thing that this actually does better than any other Gundam I've ever seen, it's that sequence that you're talking about. So this is in the middle of the movie and you have uh, Hathaway and Gigi basically on the run on foot. Yeah. So they're in Hong Kong. No, somewhere in Australia. I forgot the name of the town. Anyway. Yeah. They're somewhere in Australia. Who is in Corona? Genoa? Tomorrow, something like that. Yeah, it's anyway. They're in, somewhere in Australia, not the part that's a crater, and they're basically in a hotel that is being attacked. And we'll, I won't get into all the reasons, but they are having to essentially keep safe on the ground during a mobile suit battle in an urban area, and it's really well done at conveying the sense of how completely helpless someone is in that situation. And it's not just a matter of avoid getting shot by a giant beam rifle or anything like that. It's so it's the, the stuff that I think can be connected even to today's world. If you imagine someone that's like a civilian in a country that, is war-torn currently or has been in the recent past when a building blows up or something like that or when a road gets hit a lot of large rocks and things are going to get thrown as well those could go through you right like the danger is not just from the direct danger it's a lot of other stuff around and it, it was really intense and i that was probably my favorite part of the movie it was really really well done right there yeah yeah that was easily the best part of the movie for me as well and i think um i, I agree with you wholeheartedly just like the the weight of everything during that scene especially when they were like like one of the mobile suits would like like pull out the beam saber and you could you could feel the weight of the beam saber and like the radiating like heat of the beam saber and all that stuff and when they were firing and all that it felt very impactful unlike anything that i've seen even very recently even when we went to see nt uh, NT, I was very like, mm, that was space robots again. Uh, but this was very much like it felt, um, I don't know. I kind of got that same feeling of like that kind of groundedness. Like I got with 8th MS team back in the day, the very first time I watched that. Um, and, and 
it was it was super impactful and i think like one, one of my the favorite moments of that was one of the characters was kind of running along and kind of like fell over and then you saw like shrapnel hit those like metal bollards uh on the side of the street and it like melted them when it yeah. you know it was like melting into the ground um and it really kind of did a lot for me as, as as like the impactfulness of like what was going on around them and how it wasn't just like you said get, don't get stepped on mother robot yeah, I mean, even the initial scene where you just kind of you the, the initial scene sets up so much for like where the universe is at this time in history, um, where you know there's all these people on this shuttle, and you get the idea that you know still you know despite all of the things that have happened over the past several years, the Federation politicians just don't get it, and um, there's just a lot of unrest and um yeah i mean uh, it's this whole movie i don't think we mentioned how far how far ahead it is too it's like nine or ten years after the last time we saw anything in uc so it was i think it was i think uh nt was 0096 right uh and then this was 105 and nt was 97 unicorns 96 okay so yeah, eight, eight years, years later yeah. yeah, so I guess that's the next thing. Like, Unicorn doesn't feel like it happened in this movie. So, this is something I'm very interested about with there being three movies. Because you mentioned that the general feedback seemed to be from people that have read the book. Which is, I think, not a large cross-section of the English-speaking audience. But based on that anecdotal information, we can assume that the first movie is pretty close to the book. Now, what this immediately made me think about were, well, a couple of things, but really to the same thing. The first Evangelion redo movie. It's very close to the show, right? And I remember getting the liner notes for, or reading the liner notes, and maybe that's a dated term, um, reading a little booklet that came with the Blu-ray for that movie. Mm -hmm. And it said that... There was this idea when you're going to adapt something or have a rebuild or something like that. In this case, it was the rebuild project for that franchise. You would start out very faithful, and then you ratchet up the differences as you go along. So then you think about that series of movies, which I have not watched the fourth one, but the second one, it's still pretty similar, but it starts to get different. The third one, you don't even know where you are anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'll be interested to see if that is a kind of slow burn that they do, because there were some things conspicuously not mentioned and things kind of briefly mentioned that might be important, but they might not be right. They might still just be going, OK, just adapt the book. And that book came out before Unicorn. And if that's the case, it'll be like the whole time, like it never happened. But they didn't mention uh, Zeon seeding its independence back to the federation and uc 100 not one time i thought that would come up at least once zion is not mentioned really in any significant manner aside from the allusions to uh from mafti being an, a, a parallel to char but that oh. is it well the other thing that does get mentioned though is that it's just a piece of throwaway dialogue but listen, this is an adaptation of a Tomino work. We know how this goes. They 
mention at some point, and I don't remember if it's Gigi just talking in the hotel or Kenneth or the Federation soldiers or what, but they say something about there being rumors that Mafti is being funded by Side 3. Uh -huh. And that I thought was, hmm. Like I said, none of this might matter at all. And if they do adapt the book fully faithfully, I would not expect there to be any mention of of anything that happened in Unicorn. Yeah, um, which would be weird. Uh, unless unless it stay. I mean, unless the movie entirely stays on Earth and just completely focuses on the Federation and just ignores the fact that Xeon is a thing, it will be difficult to avoid Xeon. But, I mean, it's also possible, like, I could see a world in which this is, like, completely centered around, um, you know, just the direct Earth and it's, like, maybe upper atmosphere, like we see him going to get the, um, the Z Gundam. How, that was a couple of, of good moments there, but that was the real robot version of Hiro Yui going to get the wing zero and endless waltz <laughs> right that was the the really hardcore real robot version like this is what would actually happen if you wanted to go and retrieve your gundam from what is effectively outer space not yeah more low earth orbit in that case but close enough really unglamorous and clumsy and my my favorite part of the whole scene though was when he was like telling amaro's ghost to shut up <laughs> Yeah, the this movie I I think the visuals on it were fantastic. Um the framing of the scenes I don't remember a scene that I thought was just lame or anything along those lines. I thought some of the dialogue was weird and very Tamino-esque um like when Kenneth basically tells Gigi to bang him so like his unit will perform better or something like that he's like yeah you're a good luck charm so if you fuck me i'll like i'll be great i mean he said that she was the goddess of luck or whatever so I don't know. yeah i i mean th there's very much like a tamino feel to the characters like Gigi's probably one of the better females that that he has written um because she's very uh i don't know blonde or valley girlish for for the lack of the term but she also seems to have like uh a, an intuition that is going beyond what we've been able to see in the first movie if that makes sense it, it seemed like a representation not maybe not a representation but like a just like her new type of power is like inference of, of people's thoughts and feelings and blah, blah, blah. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah. But this is also, it, it's also so far pushing away from the, uh, maybe original series Zeta, double Zeta and Char's counterattack version of the new types and unicorn version obviously and moving more towards the later uc versions of new types where they just don't exist or i don't know there, there wasn't a lot of super new type stuff in in this movie 
maybe there's a, there is some there's there is some. yeah i mean the, i just mentioned amaro's ghost yeah there, so there's yeah. there's hints and allusions to it but it's not in your face yeah and I, I think Gigi is the the biggest case of it right where she's got some kind of intuition that it's clearly some kind of new type ability as we see like in the in the plane scene and i'm not sure how much she's maybe completely aware of it or can control it i the character is a big tbd for me because towards the end of the movie you get the like soft confirmation of yeah now she's going to see her sugar daddy who is a really old man yeah it's weird on an island and you go eh, that's so is this actually a character that is a like you said valley girl just materialistic and is not as deep as she wants people to think she is and i think some of the helplessness she shows um, during some of her scenes with hathaway especially when they're in danger might support that a little bit um you know, it's again a, a TBD, but I thought an interesting character at the least. I don't know if I like her yet. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna give her a full "I like her" comment, but I I feel like she is not a one-dimensional character that is uh, annoying. Like she she is like <laughs> I don't know. She I'm not gonna say she's like an Emma, but um, she's she is a multi-dimensional female character that makes you actually think and isn't like ah she is ridiculous from start to finish okay yeah i can go with that is hathaway gay or is he just not into her or is he just hung up on cut uh, quests i think he's not into her not really i he made a big point about like, and he made it, he said it several times. He's like not into women who like flaunt themselves or like over sexualize themselves and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I, I think he's not into her, but I think he's also just like not focused on her. Like she is a she's a thing that's happening to him that maybe he's in, somewhat interested in, but like is he's focused on other stuff right now. I'd say not yet. He's not into her yet. He, 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 or probably gonna be. She's like one of the. I think for him, he's like reading a very interesting newspaper article, and this beautiful woman walks by, and he glances at her, and he's like, "Oh, she's pretty." Keep, tries to keep reading the article, and he's like, "Wait, what is she wearing? She's wearing like a peacock outfit, you know." And he's like, "Wait a second, do I need to look back at her?" <laughs> She's a distraction at this point. Yeah, and that may be her role in the story at this moment because you don't really get this realization until the later stages of the movie, but the entire time he is essentially running an op. The whole movie. Yep. He is putting himself in very obvious danger, almost does not get out of it multiple times. It's a little clumsy it's really a little clumsy and he's seems very detached. I, I didn't I, I, Hathaway was not super duper relatable because he is so, he is just 
kind of removed uh, from from so much of this. He is extremely involved, but emotionally, I felt like he was very removed. He seems depressed. He seemed very. Uh, I would I would go so far as to say he seems almost like shell shocked from what happened in in Charles um, counterattack, like like him him getting in and killing someone, and all of that, and then it kind of like warped him. Maybe not warped him, but it like really shaped his ideals and all of that. And he's still not like recovered from it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right too. Yeah, and we're talking about ideals and such. It's very clear why this it was marketed as a sequel to Mobile Suit Gundam trilogy, Char's Counterattack, and Hathaway's Flash. Because guess what he wants to do? He wants everybody to come and live on Earth and just garden. Uh, no, he wants them all to live <laughs> to live in space. But he's going to do this peacefully. He's only going to kill those couple of dozen Federation ministers and the hundreds and or thousands or whatever people in those hotels and, and stuff. It's, pe- it's peaceful. He's not dropping axes. Yeah, he's not dropping something on Earth because he wants to preserve Earth. So he's just going to kill all the politicians that live on Earth. One thing I'll note about that, though, I, one thing I picked up was uh, when they were in the hotel the first time. I mean, this is going into too much detail, but um, when they were in the hotel the first time, they were going upstairs. Um, Gigi started asking about, um, well, what's on the top floor? Oh, it's not, uh, people aren't staying there. It's just like restaurant. So it wasn't like people's rooms or anything like that. And then when he told them, um, to attack, like when he was like setting it up, he told them to attack the top floors. So like maybe he was being conscious of that a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but. No, I I think that's a fair point. Like they, I I think that I think it seems like he's trying to do the right thing. I mean, I th- but, you know, can you completely do the right thing when you're talking about launching a mobile suit attack on a city where, like... <laughs> right. I think he knows that, too. That That's probably part of his ennui that we see is he knows on some level that however he tries to go about this, bad things are going to happen. And he may pay a price for it. He mentions Mafti will possibly need to be sacrificed foreshadowing and so he he knows on some level there's no way to do this completely clean i'll try to minimize it and i, I think there's a little bit of a internal conflict there as well if the uh, should I really be doing this well i'm already doing this where's so, bonajir hmm. that's a strange way to say that or bonajir i don't know benajir benajir yeah benajir where 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 is he? He's busy. <laughs> he's on he's, side three. <laughs> he's up on side three, and he, he's he's busy. <laughs> he's too old to be a Gundam main character now. He's like thirty. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be thirty. He was like what, fifteen or sixteen and ninety five. I think he's Hathaway's age. Hathaway's twenty five, I think. So he's yeah, twenty seven. He's I think basically the same old age. guy now. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm really curious on, I mean, because the whole next generation of Universal Century is supposed to be focused on this UC100 next, right? So, what does that look like? I I'm just curious. I mean, I know none of us have an answer to that, but like, how does how does everything figure into that? Um, because they they very much like. Uh, and some of the promos and stuff like that, they still reference, you know, V Gundam and all of that stuff in the UC100 Next stuff. So 
it's not like they're wiping it off of the face of the earth. Maybe they're going to bridge it together somehow and then like retcon some of the stuff from it to try and make it make more sense. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. All I know is marketing wise, I think if you disregard or try to move on really hard from Unicorn, that's fine if you're going to make good stuff. But I think just from a purely like capitalistic marketing money opportunity thing, I just remember watching NT in the theater and Benajer's in that movie for 30 seconds to a minute, maybe two. But when he shows up and says something and everyone realizes it's him, the theater did not erupt in applause, but there were some like woos and a couple of claps and things like I that. I think that's and it's the, the same with ours. The only time that happened during that entire movie, it was a, it was actually similar to when Captain America shows up. <laughs> yeah. In uh, Avengers. In, yeah. Yeah. It was a similar reaction in the theater to that. And I was like, that that's money. It you is. Know, they, if, the fact already though, that they've left that on the table for well, Kyle, when was the last episode of Unicorn six years ago, five years ago? That they've already left money on the table, like, and it's mm, careful. Yeah, yeah, and and Hathaway is not a is not a character like like that, right? Not yet. No. Um, I I guarantee you, whenever Bright shows up in this, though. There's going to be claps and cheers, and if, assuming it makes to American theaters. Assuming he slaps someone. I don't know. First one on Netflix, I I would assume that the next two are also going to be a Netflix joint. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I wonder how much of that is just due to the coronavirus stuff and them not being able to actually plan things out. Um, I mean, because Char's Counterattack was in theaters, what, like, early 2000s i can't remember it was after nt came out but before everything shut down and pain and terror for a year and a half yeah and it was meant to be a lead up but i i I would bet like five dollars not any serious money yeah that netflix said yeah all right we'll do that one but we get the next two too (sighs) yeah i mean Part of me hopes you're not right, but I I, I don't have strong feelings. I, I don't have strong feelings either way, but I really hope you're not right. I hope it I hope it makes it to the theaters because um, reading some of the um, Japanese reviews of like the 4DX version of Hathaway's Flash, apparently it was just phenomenal to watch in theaters, and I really want to watch some you know nice robot CG. Yeah, well and. Look, this is a 90-minute movie that feels like it is two hours, maybe a yeah. little longer. It was meant to be watched in a theater. It's meant to be you don't have distractions or a world around you. Because it, it's a talky one. You mentioned it. There's like two battles. One of them ain't very long. It, it's I, talking. I suspect it's going to go to theaters. And that's because um, Hathaway in its second week pulled in 9 million, which is more than uh, narrative made the entire time it was in theaters. And that's not even including the, the Blu-ray sales that it made. Correct. Because they, they sold, sold a ton. 
Yeah, just this years. So and and it, it was like fourth in theaters uh, the second week. It was like it was like second or third the first week. So I mean, it no, was, it was up- first the first week. It beat it Evangelion first the first week. Nice. But I mean, Evangelion's been out for a while. But there's also the coronavirus, so it's it's hard to like judge these numbers in like normal scenarios just because the world is in such a. It made more money than narrative ever did, and narrative came from theater. Yes, there's no like it, this one made more money, so logically that means they're going to make money on the next one. Yeah, I think so, and I, I haven't seen anybody say that this is a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. No, it's 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 a good movie. I don't think it's a. TBD if it's a great movie. I think if the trilogy is great, this will stand up as a great yes. movie. Yeah, Nar- Narrative was a bad movie. They could Thunderbolt Volume 2 it. That's true. Very well. Blu-ray is down to about 90 bucks Ooh, on eBay. It's starting to get in a purchasable... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see if Right Stuff is going to carry it because they sent that half-off one Gundam item coupon with my seed discs. Yeah, but the problem is I have everything else. So, so we we want to move on from from Hathaway's Flash. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. All right, let's move on. Let, oh, let's I talk one more thing. Oh, one more it. thing. I'm sorry. Uh, the sound effect of the Penelope. I, that was that was cool. Because I don't it, remember that off the top the, of my head. The way they animated it and it's flight mode was more humbrabi than i expected mm-hmm. and it also had this sort of buzzing humming noise it gave it a, a really cool presence i thought and i will add to your sound effect the actual soundtrack of hathaway's flash was really good it's swano you, you can't call I'll add to both of those things and say just in general, the sound, I said this already, the sound design of the whole movie was fantastic. The whole yes, it is very, if the movie did, is very well done. If they did anything right, animation was beautiful the whole way through, sound was on friggin' point. And they made Gustav's look cool. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were the car. Okay. And, and the poor firefighter Jagans. You know, don't joke. I like Jagans. They're cool. Hey, listen. Jagans have a long service history still ahead of them. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Seed. Uh, Yeah. So they reissued the new Blu-rays. We finally have from the ultimate hyper super awesome Gundam Seed collector's edition. We now have the appropriate Blu-rays from Right Stuff. They did us all a, a solid, and we got a 50% off coupon with it. I haven't watched mine yet, started to watch mine yet, but I will eventually make my way to it. Uh, somebody actually tweeted at us and was like, is there actually really any difference between the version that was out and the, the new version? And the answer is yes. There's like some there's some good differences. And uh, if you look at our Twitter feed and you look at like the my my the the replies that are in there, I posted uh, an image or a link that has some of the side by sides, and it's some of the seed scenes are actually really significantly different. And like the color levels, the blacks and everything like that are uh, fixed. And if all they were gonna do was put the broadcast version on a disc guess what you have just done basically taken something that has been on Crunchyroll for years and put it on a disc for me yeah. which i still appreciate but i wouldn't want to pay a premium price for exactly that. yeah you know. all right so 
what else do we have on seed? They've had a big seed release because uh, I guess the Strike Gundam was released in Shenhua, China or something like that. Um, so now we have Gundam Seed news. Uh, some of the stuff was had already been like announced. So like the movie, right? I know Scotty has feelings on the movie. The movie That's... was announced in 2006. Yes. <laughs> so the 2006 movie has been confirmed to be a go again. Well, you know what? I will believe that this movie is happening when there's a trailer and maybe also requires a like a release date. Like when when you can show me that this is actually happening. So then... the director Fukuda has said the movie will be a direct sequel to Destiny and he and per per Scotty, he has rewritten the movie many times with potentially a hundred manuscripts. So I think I think it's uh maybe may, I don't I didn't see him say he's written a final manuscript. So maybe he's on like 105 by now, but yeah, well, I, d I don't have the source handy for this. I read this somewhere. I'm sorry, I, I don't have it handy. The trouble with it was that the main scriptwriter for the series passed away. I remember hearing and, that, yeah. And what I had seen was that they essentially took her drafts, the stuff that had been done over and over and over again, and they, you know the director and then others that were involved with the original series were finally able to come up with something that was a completed story uh, based on what she had done. And apparently she had done a lot of revisions because she couldn't decide what to do. And I'm, I'm sure if, you know, when you're in the process of dying, it's probably kind of hard to get the, you know, the juices yeah, going. Yeah, so. I'm not going to lie. If I was in the process of dying, I wouldn't be worried about writing a manga or anime movie. Uh, same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, so, if it's your life's work, maybe. It's true. It's true. I mean, at least finishing it if you're close. Just to be like, hey, this is my, you know, big swan song or whatever. Um, the other part is there's going to be a manga as well. I don't know how much of the manga information was actually released, but I think it's starting relatively soon in Gundam Ace. Um, yeah, I don't have much more on that. Uh Hey, new model kits. You got the master grade of the main suit from the manga. Was it the Eclipse? Yeah, yeah. I don't have the links for those right in front of me, but yeah, there was like a that that was the third the third poll in this one was the movie, the manga, and the new gunpla that was associated with the manga. Um, we we all looked at it and we're like, oh, that's pretty neat. Um, we'll see. It's set in the that timeline in between uh, seed, seed and seed destiny, destiny. Yeah. so this is gonna put it, it it'd be something you'd watch right after seed yeah wasn't the right suit like the prototype for the one that was in seed destiny i didn't even read that far into it i i, I think it might have been i yeah. i won't swear by it but i think that was what they were like ah this is blah 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 blah, blah the prototype well, yeah and whatever but yeah, this is something that looks like it would come before Stargazer, so that would yeah. be... Well, I'm talking about it as if it's animated. I mean, there's so, there are a lot of Seed uh, spin-off mangas, especially with Astray, and I'm I'm not sure exactly where it would fit in with all of those, because I've only read uh, like four of them, and there's a lot more than that. 
I've, I've still got my Astray Red Dragon, like, half-built. <laughs> I need to sit down and actually start building Why stuff Why are again. you dragon? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I guess the next thing we have in the, in the pipeline is uh, the next uh, Gundam video game that's about to get released is they're working on an eSports release of the, uh, the Breaker series, so... Um, they are going to release something in the near future, and they're trying to capture that esports multiplayer market that is booming right now. Did you ever come up with a link for that? Because I haven't. Like I said, yeah, earlier, I have, seen um, one I have a Kotaku release for it. I'll, I'll post this in our uh, private chat that nobody else can see about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Th- the at the Gundam conference in Tokyo, the first annual one, um, Koji Fuiwara, who is the Bandam, Bandai Namco's chief Gundam officer, I want that title. Um, they, they were talking about um, the the live action Gundam that's for Netflix, which I I don't think we've actually talked about. We'll talk about that after this one. Let's talk about that after this one. Um, uh, so there's more retail shops, but they're talking about. Um, debuting a, a new version of uh, the Gun- a Gundam title uh, with esports in mind. I would assume it's similar to like the arcade versions, the Gundam Breaker versions that are already out there. Um, who knows? There's not a ton of information out. Maybe it'll be a little bit better. I've, I've like so. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. When I was in Japan, like the first like arcade version of one of those Gundam uh, games came out, like the Gundam Breaker series, um, been, uh, like Extreme Versus or Versus something, or like, something that. like that. Right? It was mm-hmm. fun. I sucked at it, it but it was pretty. Um, that came out, and they've been like iterating on that series for more or less 15, be, 16 years. I'll be interested to see if they can get enough hype in the esports community for Gundam specifically. That'll be that'll be interesting. Interesting yeah. process of the fandom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll play it once or twice, if, especially if it's free. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the next thing, let's talk about the Gundam live action movie. Uh, there's not much out there on it yet. There's a lot of conjecture that it might be a reinterpretation of the original series, or at least part of the original series. I hadn't heard that specifically. I, all I all I saw was it was uh, by the guy, it's being made by the guy who made Kong Skull Island. That's all I got. <laughs> and he is apparently a huge Gundam fan. Uh, they released a video on the Gundam Info channel with him talking about it, talking about how he was excited. Um, and he like broke out his old Gunpla that he had made when he was a kid which was i thought it was pretty cool um that's yeah cool. so good. Um, i think it's cool that they got somebody that's i think um he's also making a, a metal gear solid um movie which is interesting which i think will be uh he's either gonna like be the, the holy grail of nerd franchises or he's gonna be the next Uwe bowl yeah um, that's what i was thinking in my head uh, like <laughs> but, I'm say, the guy who wrote why the last man is writing the screenplay for it I don't know if you've ever read that series, but he's a fantastic writer. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I normally I'm really cynical about this type of thing um, because I 
I watched the Netflix version of Bleach, and Bleach was one of my favorite uh, mangas. I've seen like the Netflix version of Death Note, which again, one of my favorite series, animated or manga. And both of those are just so bad. <laughs> Look, the the Transformers, whatever, seven hype train crap started basically yesterday because that movie comes out in a year and it's actually filming now and they're like, oh, I guess we need to start doing all that. And so I'm so jaded right now on like uh, movie hype train shit. I don't care. They 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 need to reset the continuity of Transformers for you. Sorry, I hate to say it, but no, just need... don't be sorry. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's time to hit the reset button. Maybe do a few animated movies that are like, I don't know. It's I like the 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 War for Cybertron stuff they did. I haven't watched all of the second season of it. Um, I mean, it was pretty, and like the story wasn't terrible. I'm sure I'm sure you have critiques as a long term or long time Transformers person, but as me as somebody that's like just watching it for shits and giggles, like it was it was fun to watch. This is going way way off topic, but that entire brand right now has a storytelling problem, and that they are trying to keep things extremely on brand and build mm -hmm. characters and stuff, but it's made a lot of the output extremely sterile. If that makes sense, they can't. They can't offend. Uh, who's who's sponsoring them now? It's not GM anymore, right? Who is who's their automotive sponsor that's paying for it? Um, probably still GM. You think it's still GM? Okay. Yeah. yeah well, and, and the United States government and you know America. Right. There's especially the early movies. You can just see the military budget or cooperation at least. Like there's. Some of the earlier movies are basically ads. Yeah. I Well, I, it, you know, it's funny. Like, the weird places that the U.S. government advertises, um, like, everybody is like, well, if the, if the players of the NFL don't want to, like, kneel for the anthem, then they shouldn't play the anthem. And it's like, well, actually, the U.S. government and the NFL have, like, this huge contract that they, that every season, like, they have to do that. That's part of the contract, or the NFL is in violation of the contract. Just get J.J. Abrams to redo the anthem. We've we've been through this. <laughs> do do do. <laughs> I saw someone write about uh, that we should change the the anthem to the B fifty two Love Shack. Like, it's a representation of where we're at right now as a as a as a people. <laughs> it's where we need to be. I like it. I, I think it's a good idea. Well, anyway. All right. Uh, moving on from the Gundam Netflix movie, which, eh, fingers crossed. Uh, the new G Gundam Breaker Battlelog stuff. I think that's so cool. There's so like, um, there's, they're, they're releasing some Gunpla, which is from Gundam Breaker Battlelog series. Um, there's, what, five, six of uh, No, no, it's more like ten of them. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, but this is like all, they're just like rolling out like new, new series. They're really like pushing things forward right now. Um, I really like the, uh, the Gundam Barbatoris. And even though I don't normally like the Barbatos kits, just cause there's so many of them, 
I really like this Barbatoris. Barbados. No, it's Barbatoris because it's a it's a Taurus. It's a it's a I don't like centaur, that at all. centaur guy. Yeah. I don't like that at all. I like the kit. And I normally am completely like, uh, that looks okay. I would I'm not gonna buy it, but it looks okay about the Barbatos kits. Yeah. And this Gundam Live Lance Heaven. I I just had to laugh because I'm I am suffering right now through building some of the oldest kits in my Gumpla backlog. You built that are, white death scythe. Which are nineties wing and G Gundam kits. And one of them is the TV version of the Death Scythe Hell. And I'm enjoying that build because I like the suit so much. By the time I get to the last one, it's just gonna be a straight build. I'm but this one I'm taking my time on. You know, I was doing some more paint work and stuff today. And so, of course, during that build, they would de facto announce the new version of a model kit for that. Now, technically, it's not, right? It's pieces of the high-grade Death Scythe and something else. And then just the Death Scythe Hell's wings. But even then, not with all the completely correct parts. Right. But that's basically what it is. This is one of those, yeah, that one's coming. We're going to release it in colors you don't really want first. But, um, yeah, anyway, the, um, the the other interesting part of this, I thought, was that none of these are in the game yet, in the mobile game yet. Um, because, like, that's, I mean, you could look at the bottom of the page. Like, that's the cross-promotion, right? It's, you take these and and you mix and match and you put them together and like the Helios looks a lot like the Artemis and Arius. It's probably the one for like the second anniversary is coming up. So it's probably going to be the one that they release for that. So I think this is going to give a little preview of those. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, it's, uh, you can tell that it's somewhat targeted towards our market because at the very bottom, you got the entry grade arc 78 two us Gundam American type. <laughs> He is stars and stripes yeah. forever, baby. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so if you buy these sets, do you get the pieces in the game? <laughs> no, now you have to spend another two hours. You won't give anyone any ideas. Look, they that would be this... better than the gotcha shit they have in it now. They did this with the TV Sandrock, but only in Japan. If you play in America on the American servers, you still have no way to get the TV Sandrock. The only mm. way is to buy the specifically the Japanese version of the high grade kit because I bought the like US one that Bluefin distributes. It didn't have a code. So you have to you have to buy specifically the Japanese one and have the code and be registered on like a Japanese server. Or else guess what? You can't get it. That sucks. I mean, it doesn't like really suck. It wouldn't be any good, especially two years later of yeah. Power Creep. But I still, my collection page doesn't fucking have it, man. <laughs> you got that one empty spot. <sighs> she skips a number, and I'm like, I know what goes there. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks a lot. They're never gonna. They're, they're never gonna. They're, they're, the game will sunset before they. Like they've just forgotten. I'm sure. Yeah. That's all I got for this uh, this fancy episode. Do you guys have anything else? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, you skipped, um, speaking of the mobile game, I was going to share oh. uh, the story from it that I thought was quite, well, okay, it was funnier last night at 11.30 p.m. right before bedtime, but I still went through and transcribed this because I enjoyed it. So this is if you're playing a Gundam Battle, Gunpla Warfare, and you go into the event missions for this week, it's June 23rd right now, so it might be expired by the time you hear it. Uh, but anyhow, there's just a like a, this funny part where one of the characters gets a new Haro, and it, the character is like a little girl, and Haro tells her a bedtime story. And this is now it's written in the game in all caps, which I think adds to it being funny. But I'm gonna share this story and try not to butcher it too bad. Uh, so. I took, I took a transcription of, of what Haro says. I'm going to start on that now. Haro will talk. Once upon a time in a land far, far away, there lived an old man and woman. The old man went to gather wood in the mountains. The old woman went to wash clothes in the river. All of a sudden, a giant capool came floating down the river. Splish, splash, splish, splash. The old woman climbed into the capool and piloted it back to her house. At this point, the little girl asks Haro, is the old woman a new type? And Haro now says she returned home to find that her husband had discovered Diana Soriel in a stalk of bamboo and brought her home. To hear the rest, defeat Haro, battle, battle, anyway, and then some other stuff happens. And Diana Soriel is the main, um, shouldn't say main, one of the main love interests, main characters in Turn A Gundam. Did uh, you kill Haro? No, 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 you don't have to do that. Anyhow, so then they, they picks back up a little bit later. And so Haro continues and he says, and when Diana says she has to go back to the moon, the old man and woman decide to go. Now, this is where you have other stuff where it's just an excuse to like have to play a level. But then afterwards, it picks back up. So Haro will continue the story. On their way to the moon, Diana and her parents met the Goof Ignited, piloted by the Oni General, dot, 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 30 minutes later. <laughs> and after returning to Earth, the old man and woman lived happily ever after the end. <laughs> uh, then the next, it's, we're not quite done here. A couple of these are kind of funny. So the very final part is little girl asking her bigger sister which part she liked the best. Gives the player the option to choose it. So uh, you can pick the K-Pool's noble sacrifice, to which the follow-up was, that was thrilling, wasn't it? I was so scared the old woman was going to die. Option two, when Diana and her parents said goodbye, she then says, yeah, Diana's the queen of the moon, so I understand that, but that was really sad. And then option three, when the Oni general was generalissimo, and she goes on with that, <laughs> where he unveiled the moonlight butterfly, right? I was on the edge of my seat when the K-Pool couldn't do anything. And I thought that was funny. That is a... Generalissimo is the nickname that Gim Gingham's troops give him in Turn A Gundam, and he's the main antagonist uh, that's introduced late in the series. I just thought that was funny. So I enjoyed that. It was kind of unexpected, and I got some chuckles out of it, so I thought I would share it. I, I really like the idea of the Gundam build mobile game. 
just not the time that it requires to. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the way the gotcha was working out. I was too. I mean, there's a gotcha, so you know. I mean, yeah, that, like, like that's 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 exactly it. It's not the time. It's not the gameplay. Most days, manual control is still as bad as it was on day one, but it's it's not any of that. It's the fact that it is a gotcha game. Yeah. And its primary purpose of existing is to make lots of money. You having fun is a secondary part. Yes. That might happen. Yes. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's pretty. And it's cool to make your own mix and matches. Uh, but it Look, burned I mean, me out. At this rate, it's a fantastic kit bashing like yeah. toolbox. If you do that more often, which I don't. All right, you guys got anything else? Yeah, I'm good. Lame. <laughs> All right, in two weeks, you will have the final episode of season two of our series where we wrap up Zeta, and then we will take a one-month break, uh, as we mentioned in that episode. We've already recorded that episode. We're, we're on our one-month break, just in case you already don't know that. <laughs> oh crap we're already on ours oh yeah we got one more episode and then we're taking a little break and then we're gonna start with zeta double zeta as it were yeah so i have what you're saying is i've got like 44 days until i need to watch anything again probably less than that Shh. <laughs> it's fine it's all good i'm looking forward to watching double zeta again I only watched it once I've only watched that one once too, Same. and I've got the fancy new Blu-rays. So, Ooh. all right, uh, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, see you again in two weeks. Follow us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod. Uh, comment on our Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit post. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>